Good morning, Mechanicsville. How you doing this morning? This is Don Curtis. Yes, it's another day that the Lord has made for you and me to rejoice in, to be exceedingly glad. I tell you, I hope you had a great weekend. This is a great song by Marianne Rathbury from out of South Africa, Crazy Love. We just give God thanks and praise this morning. Good morning, London, England. Yes, good morning, Chevy Chase, Maryland, and Law, Maryland. Good morning, Silver Spring, Maryland, and Ashburn, Virginia, San Jose, California. Yeah, we have some new listeners in Amory, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, good morning to you. Jessup, Maryland, good morning to you. Norwalk, Connecticut, good morning to you. Horn Lake, Mississippi, Omaha, Nebraska. The Lord loves us. Yes, he does. Crazy love. Marianne Rappe from out of South Africa. Good morning to you. Spain and Tanzania. Good morning to you. Yes, New Zealand. We thank God for you. Ethiopia, good morning to you. Yes, Netherlands and the Singapore. Okay. The Lord is just good. Yes, he is. Good morning. Good morning. describes it. God's love for you and for me. Yes, it's outside the box. It's agape love. It's love with no strings attached to it. Crazy love. Marianne Rappe from out of South Africa. For you and for me, it's a crazy kind of love in the sense that it's not based on your performance or lack thereof. It's not based on who you are. It's not based on what you've done. It's just the fact that God loves you. In fact, <clears throat> Jesus said he loves the whole wide world. 
So that includes you. Uh, it includes me. It includes everybody that you and I will come in contact with today. And I tell you, I thank God for just beginning to understand. When I say beginning, I'm not saying that I'm just starting to understand a little bit uh, in, in, in recent years or whatnot, but it's just so much to understand, so much to embrace, so much really to accept that God would love us uh, to the extent that he does, that uh, there's so many things that compete against his love for us and our minds and that sort of thing that uh, we just get little smidgens of it here and there. But I tell you, I'm grateful and thankful that I'm learning to understand more and more uh, God's love for you and for me. Yes, it's a revolutionary, it's a transformative uh, kind of experience that you and I walk into uh, when we walk in the love of God, when we see just how much, when we understand <clears throat> just how much God loves us. Remember the Apostle Paul really prayed this, even for believers, those who had been born of the Spirit of God that God somehow or another by his spirit would strengthen these new believers uh, by the power of his might in their inner being, in their spirits, that they might be able to comprehend with all the rest of the saints God's love. It's a four-dimensional love. It's a love that has dimensions that go outside of the dimension of our experiences, a four-dimensional kind of love. And I tell you, it is uh, an amazing thing that happens in your life, in my life, in the life of anybody who encounters this kind of love. It's a uh, mind-blowing love. It's crazy the way Marianne would describe it. <clears throat> and I tell you, when Jesus was being confronted in John chapter 6, as we look at some of the passages that are there, uh, after he does an amazing healing miracle for a guy, uh, <clears throat> Uh, who had been uh, sick for some 38 years or whatnot when the religious rulers of his time confronted him. And then when other persons just saw uh, this miraculous kind of power and they they wanted to find out how could they work the works of God. They saw this miraculous thing happening and they knew full well this was God at work and they wanted to know how they could do the same sort of thing, how they could do this kind of healing, how they could do the work of God. And uh, Jesus' response to them was that uh, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Mm -hmm. He said there is a work of God that goes far beyond physical healing that they had experienced and they had seen. But there was a marvelous, miraculous, wonderful, transformative, mind-altering uh, work of God that happens in your life and my life, uh, he says that we believe on him, believe on Christ. And when you and I actually receive all of what Christ means and what he has done for each and every single one of us, and the amazing thing is that this is not some human kind of endeavor. This is not human work. This is not work that you can do or work that I can do, this is the work of God. When someone comes out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ, when someone is transformed from being an unbeliever, a skeptic, and maybe even an atheist into a place of believing, Jesus says this is the real work of God. If you want to see God at work, if you want to understand the power of God and the movement of God, 
It is when God alters someone's eternity, when God alters their life absolutely, totally, completely, uh, when they come to a place of absolute surrender to the, the Word of God, to the life of Christ, to the teachings of Christ, when they come to a place of embracing Him, when they believe. This is what Jesus is saying, and we've got to take Him at His word. Uh, he's not a liar. He's not someone that would exaggerate this, but He's he, He's saying this in the context of people desiring to do the same kind of work, to do the works of God. How can they do these works on God's behalf? How can they be an instrument of God's hand of bringing about healing and this uh, relief of pain and anguish and that sort of thing in the life of persons? I'm sure they knew of persons all around who had all kinds of diseases and illnesses. Mm-hmm. And they would love to be able to work the works of God, to do the miracles, the healings that would uh, relieve people and cure people of the diseases that they had. They just saw what Jesus did with this man who had been ill for 38 years, and there was no, uh, it was just a, a simplistic but a tremendous, powerful thing that he did. He told his man to pick up his bed and, and walk, get up. Mm-hmm. He didn't even touch him from what the text explains to us. He didn't anoint him with oil. He didn't do anything like that. He just told him, well, he first of all asked the question, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? And then he told him, well, pick up your bed and walk. And that, that was the end of it. The guy picked the bed up, and he was miraculously healed. And they, they saw that. They said, yeah, how in the world, how can we do that? How can we work the works of God and and again, in this context, Jesus is saying, you really don't, you know, that, that that was a great thing that I just did, that the Father did, that God did, healing this man of his illness for 38 years. But he said, but that's really not the work of God. I mean, you, that that's really not what God wants to do, that that that's not really his work. Uh, he He's doing that to get your attention of the greater work that he has in store for you and for me. And they they never, again, they, they never thought like that. Again, this is the radical nature of of uh, the teachings of Christ. It's the radical nature of God himself. <clears throat> it's also the radical nature of us, of ourselves, where we at. That it would take the most powerful uh, being, <laughs> God himself. It would take him exercising his power on your life and my life that would move us from being doubters and unbelievers into a place of believing. It, it gives us some indication of just how powerful blindness and how powerful darkness is, how powerful unbelief is, how devastating it is. <laughs> when you, when you think about it, unbelief is more devastating than any kind of, sicknesses, any kind of illnesses. It's more devastating than cancer, than heart disease, than uh, diabetes, than strokes. Uh, It's more devastating. It is more dangerous than any kind of health issue that anyone can have. Uh, This this unbelief, it is detrimental. Uh, It's unbelief that robs you and me from real quality of life. Uh, real joy in life. There are many persons who have all kinds of 
physical challenges, and the history books are full of persons uh, with all kinds of physical challenges, but the life of Christ, the belief in Christ, the miraculous miracle of God working in their in their understanding is such that they have peace and joy right in the midst of that kind of uh, physical challenge, in the midst of illnesses and diseases like that. And this is what Jesus is saying. He said, look, the, the true work of God, if you really want to understand, if you want, really want to see and witness God at work, it goes far beyond uh, seeing him heal someone miraculously. And I tell you what, I thank God for the healing I've had in my body as well. But I tell you, when I stop and compare that with my life before belief and my life after belief, you know, I would prefer the belief. I I, I rate that. I, I agree with Christ that this is the, the real work of God, that he moves me and moves you uh, from a place of unbelief to a place of belief. And it takes the power of God to do this, <clears throat> to really transfer someone, to really make a whole new <laughs> transition in thought and experience uh, into a place of, of embracing this. This is what happened to the Apostle Paul. This is his testimony about himself. He talks about his own nature, his own mindset, his own lifestyle, and all of what he was doing. He said, but then he met Christ. Mm-hmm. He had this life-altering experience, encounter really with Jesus Christ that just revolutionized his life so much that his his name was changed from Saul of Tarsus to uh, Paul, giving evidence of just the essence of him being just so radically changed. He at one time was an enemy to the church, wasted the church. As it was testimony, he said, I wasted the church. I was out in prison people. I was out killing people. I was out arresting people who were following Christ. But then when it was revealed to him, when he saw, when he had this encounter with Christ, his life was radically changed. Now he actually preaches the same gospel that at one time he was diametrically opposed to. And that is the testimony of so many people, so many, many, many people down through the pages of history of persons who oppose Christ, who oppose the cross, who got contacted, <laughs> who had an encounter with Christ, and it, it changed. I mean, it, it was an instant. It was, a, it was a miraculous kind of thing. And Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is God at work. When he texts you, texts me, unbelievers. That's where I was at. There was a time when I was an unbeliever, when I didn't believe this. You wouldn't catch me on some radio talking about Jesus Christ, talking about the gospel, talking about church. I wasn't going to church. I stopped going. I'd already reasoned out that it wasn't worth my time. I'd already made that conclusion. It had stopped going. Me, my wife, and children, we weren't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. And felt pretty good about it when I made the decision. You know, I said, hey, I got some extra time left on my hands. I can do something else that I think is more relevant. I didn't know any better. And it took the power of God to change my mind, to get me to a place of understanding, no, son, you, you really do need this. <laughs> yes, you really do need this. You really do need this. And I tell you, after many, many years, uh, I, I'm just excited like I am today 
to share this. And I know there are persons all around this globe. Not everybody's going to receive it. I don't expect everybody to agree with me. They didn't agree with Christ. And so who am I? <laughs> if they didn't agree with him, then I certainly shouldn't expect everybody to agree with me. But if there's just one, is there just one, just one, just one is worth all this because that one person, and we've been saying this time and time again, the value of who you are. Jesus asked the question, what would you give in exchange for your soul? Don't you know how valuable you are? Stop wasting your life like that. Stop giving it over to stuff that really don't make you happy, really doesn't give you contentment, really doesn't give you peace of mind, all this stuff and things that you accumulate in your life. None of it gives you any real joy. It might make you happy for a time, but it ain't going to give you real joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so if just one person, if just one person here is this, if just one person comes to faith and belief in Christ, if just one person <laughs> is trans <laughs> uh, transposed by this, if just one person, this is the work of God, God at work, just dealing with you, dealing with me. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. He so loved the whole wide world, he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever will, whosoever will. It means whosoever will. Whosoever. Yes. <laughs> whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Yes. This is life changing. This is eternity. This is more than just a hocus pocus, a little belief system. Something you believe for a while and you drop it and move on to something else. No, this is God at work. This is God's work in your life and in my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. That you should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I've come. You might have life and have it more abundantly. And we've been sharing. In fact, I think the last time we were gathered on Friday, we were sharing the fact that there were many persons uh, who, once they received this kind of life, they described it in all kinds of ways. Yes. Some described it as the exchange life, that it, it seems like God exchanged his life for their life. And they were just so ecstatic by the fact that they now have new life, that God had exchanged their old, tired, dry, <laughs> non-satisfying life for his life. They were all describing this kind of life that they had received in Christ, Jesus Christ himself. That this radical teaching, when they embraced it and as they grew in it, uh, they began to experience this life in just so much of a dramatic way that they began to call it. I'm, you know, you remember I, I mentioned that, you know, if I were to consider it, I, I might call it the beloved life because all of God's dealings with me has been out of his love for me. I, I'm getting to that place of understanding I am beloved. I am the focus of God's love. And so everything that he has done for me, even the healing in my body, is as a result of his love for me. I am a part of the beloved. This beloved life, this life that's in me, the life of Christ, the beloved son. He knew that the father loved him and he wanted me to know that. And I'm discovering more and more the depths of his love for you and for me. Mm -hmm. Somebody else uh, described it as the cleanse life. And you remember, I, I asked you to think about this over the weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had an opportunity and took the opportunity to uh, share in fellowship, to meet up with some other persons, uh, and that you were able to just encourage one another. It may have been in the church setting, uh, 
so to speak, may have been outside of a church setting. It don't make any difference. Remember we said you can just invite somebody over your house. Don't have to be Bible study. Don't have to be anything. It could be just the two of y'all, the three of y'all. How many people may come together and just say, hey, have you ever considered God's love for us? Have you ever considered that God is in love with you and me, that he loves the whole wide world? Have you ever given some consideration, serious thought to what Jesus taught and not be swayed one way or the other way by what somebody else might have thought their opinion about anything? But rather you discover it for yourself. You do your own research. You do your own reading. You do your own meditation. After all, you got your own mind. You don't have to be led down any path by somebody else. That's what they're describing. And even right now, I'm talking about some other people and how they've described it. I didn't let that be the one that described mine. I just said, look, to, to me, I, I, I saw it as a beloved life. What do you think it is? You might come up with something different, something else. And I think that's great because we're talking about an infinite God, a God that has no limits. And so while we have described just a handful of ways in which others have described it, and I put my two cents in, guess what? You can put yours in. Yes, you can. You can describe how you would, uh, how you would characterize, how you would, what you would call this kind of life that you have found in Christ, that Jesus Christ himself alive in you imparting life he said he he come to give you life come to give me life and that more abundant he might have called it the abundant life Mm -hmm. yes there's one person call it the unchained life remember we mentioned that somebody else the highest life the powerful life yes the disciplined life yeah the overcoming life Mm -hmm. yes yes the abiding life, the dynamic life. Remember we mentioned that? Dynamic coming from uh, the, the word dynamite, explosive. Yeah, is that, is that the way you would describe your life as it has related to after, after you have come in contact with Christ? Would you call it a dynamic life, an explosive life, uh, that things all around you begin to explode? Yeah, that it was that kind of powerful, <laughs> demolishing kind of life that all the old thoughts and all the old ways that you had were just blown up. <laughs> they don't exist any longer. Yeah, maybe even some of the people you hung out with, <laughs> they might see you in a way they never seen you before. Uh, because this dynamite, this dynamic, this explosive life uh, has happened to you. And, and that's what you might call You You might call it. The prevailing life, like this guy, John Hyde did, the, he called it the prevailing life. It, it was able to overcome. It, it was able to prevail regardless of the hardships and difficulties that came his way, that he found that the love of God did not forsake him, did not leave him at all. The presence of Christ was always with him, and as a result of that, he prevailed. Uh, he was not overtaken by the temptations and trials and difficulties of his life. But rather, they were overtaken, overcome by this life of Christ. It was a prevailing kind of life. Mm-hmm. Andrew Mary, he referred to it as the abiding life. It's the kind of life that abides. That's right there. He must have found that no matter what kind of situation he found himself in, no matter where he was at, that this life of Christ abide with him, was always with him. It never left him, never forsook him at all, but it was always right there.
Mm-hmm. The life of Christ, the life of Christ. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, this is the mighty work of God. And every one of these guys, uh, every one of these persons, there's some ladies in here as well. Every one of these persons, uh, mm-hmm. they were believers, but they were just like elementary. They were babes that they hadn't grown into a, a fuller understanding of this kind of life that Christ provided. And so many times there were challenges and there were difficulties. Uh, but as they were going through these difficulties, as they were maturing, uh, they were discovering more and more the depths of God's love for them and this kind of life that Christ provided for them. It became very personal because they had issues. They had challenges that maybe nobody else around them were going through, but they were going through it. And it made the life of Christ, this abundant life, uh, personal to them and dear to them. Uh, so personal that that's what they described it. They didn't uh, hook up with somebody else's definition and understanding uh, that they, they began to say, this is, this is the kind of uh, life that I'm finding. Amy Carmichael, she, she referred to it as the radiant life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It was such a radiance about her uh, that resulted as uh, that came as a result of her encounter with Christ, her, receiving this abundant life that Christ has for you and for me. And you say, well, what, what all this got to do with, with, with me? What, what's all? Well, it's, it's about Jesus saying again that this is the work of God. This is what God does in the life of, of people, of men and women. It doesn't make any difference where we at. It doesn't make any difference what our culture may be. It doesn't make any difference what our religious upbringing or no religious upbringing at all. It, that, 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 that doesn't matter to God. God is far greater, far bigger than anybody's religious traditions, anybody's uh, theological background and that sort of thing. We're dealing with a God who is all-powerful in every way you and I can imagine and think of, and even beyond that. Because eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Hasn't he mentioned into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him? And so he's not confined by our box He's not made small because our minds are small when it comes to him. That doesn't redefine who he is, who he is, who he is because of who he is. And these persons, as well as millions of others, and I'm hoping it includes you, uh, is such that uh, he reveals himself in such a way that it impacts their life. And they can't help themselves. They say, man, this life is tremendous. And again, we can just add to this. I hope you'll add to this. I hope you'll you, you'll write down what, how you would describe your life. Yes. <laughs> after meeting Christ, after receiving this kind of life. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jesus said, look, I've come. You might have life and have it uh, more abundantly. An abundance of life, an abundance of life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Marianne calls it crazy love, crazy love. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, mm -hmm. Ian Thomas, and right there in England, he called the adventurous life. Face to face. Yes, yes, he had an adventure with the life of Christ. He was excited, he was ecstatic, he couldn't wait. Every morning when he woke up, he was just excited about the fact that it was a new adventure that was awaiting him. He didn't know what the day unfold, but he knew one thing was going to be an adventure. It was going to be something exciting to him. Your dream comes 
crazy love, crazy love. Lord, we thank you for this great love that you have for us. We thank you that you've come to give us life and, ha- and life more abundantly. We want it. We want every single phase of your life. We want to experience it. We want to have this abundant life, this exchange life, powerful life, this beloved life, however we might describe it, however you might uh, work the works of God in us, <laughs> that we might believe, that we might receive all of your fullness, all of who you are, all of what you represent. Crazy love, it's a crazy love. How would you describe it? in Florida, Flagler Beach in Florida, Orlando, Florida. Good morning to you. Yes, the Lord loves you. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. We just give God thanks and praise for another great day he has made for you and for me. A day you and I can rejoice in and be exceedingly glad. Yes, we just give God thanks and praise for this day. Yes, how would you describe this love? Marianne says it's crazy love. How would you describe it? Yes, <laughs> crazy love, crazy love. Good morning, Mechanicsville. Hope you guys are praying for your neighborhood praying for your community, praying for your next-door neighbor. Yes, just make sure that they know about this crazy love. <laughs> 